right. If you brought your Bible with you today, go ahead and get it out. Have your Bible apps on your phone. Go ahead and fire those up. And uh, go with me to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew the 4th chapter. Are you ready for some word today? My, 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 my hope and expectation is that you came to hear from God. Not just to hear from me. Not just to hear from a human being. Not just to have an experience you know, in the organization of Life Church, but really to ha- have an experience with your Creator, with the Father God who loves you, with Jesus who gave His life for you. Amen. And if you have, if you have ears to hear from Him, uh, this will be a good day, a good day. Amen. I, I've been teaching uh, for a few weeks uh, on a message called uh, Church Checkup, Church Checkup, and uh, and I didn't know what to do today. Until like two days ago. I thought, hmm, well. Then I got clear. Then I got direction. And you know what it ended up being? Church checkup. Part four. (laughs) Uh, If you notice the way I teach series, they don't all have a certain number. I'm not trying to land at three, four, five, eight, (laughs) whatever. It's just until it's the right time to change. And I really do give it high priority. I want to give the the message that the lord wants and uh, that always takes precedent over other things and uh, you know just like we've been making making the uh, drawing the parallels between the human body and the church body and how the human body needs certain things to happen certain stuff to go on in order to maintain optimal health Likewise, a church body, a church family needs to be engaged in, needs to participate in certain things for a church to be healthy. That's why we're having a checkup, yeah? And uh, uh, how many recognize, in, especially in your, your uh, um, formative years, when, a, when, a, when children are coming up in a good home, how many know the kids often don't get to decide what to eat? Yeah, there may be occasions when they do, but for the most part, when kids are young and the meal is being cooked, they're going to have things put on their plate that they wouldn't have chosen, right? Amen. Because if they don't, when they grow up, they turn out like me. (laughs) Sorry. No, I don't need any of that. Hold that. (laughs) But, uh, you know, how many know in a, in, for the physical health, that's a good thing that the child grows up and someone else is picking what they're going to eat because, you know, some things taste better than others, right? And uh, uh, when it comes to our spiritual lives, I also recognize this truth. There are some things we need to hear that we wouldn't necessarily choose to hear. It's, it's why we don't uh, take a vote every Sunday as to what the topic is going to be. You know, maybe an online poll and you see a little bar graphs going and you look at Sunday morning and say, not going today. <laughs> or this sounds like a good one. It's better that we're led by commitment and then we have trust. How many think it's important to trust? Even in imperfect human beings. I mean, I don't. I don't claim to be perfect or get it right 100% of the time, but I, I certainly do try. And, uh, and my commitment to the Lord is to speak whatever He gives me. And, and it's necessary that I have a church, a healthy church, that will trust me. 
Meaning, whatever the subject is, give me the benefit of the doubt that this is what I need for today. <laughs> but I don't like peas. <laughs> well, neither do I. <laughs> uh, or I don't like that subject matter. I need more of, well, maybe there's a greater need for that subject matter than you realize. And this is, this is kind of basically illustrating what my point is today. I want to teach a principle about being healthy on an individual basis and then on a church basis. And, and that has to do with there are different types of messages that we need to hear. You think about the old food pyramid, you know, that someone came up with. You need to have, you know, your grains and your whatever's in that. I don't know what's in that. <laughs> Ice cream, is that in there anywhere? Uh, Dairy, there we go. And, uh, but you need to eat these foods to maintain optimal health. Uh, I believe that when it comes to Scripture, there is a need for different types of messages. All right? Some of them will send you shouting, running, running around, not running away, but some will, <laughs> woo glory to God, yeah, that was so amazing. And others will be more reflective and be like, huh, just had my lunch handed to me today. <laughs> Uh, but if we have a full, balanced diet of the Word of God, ultimately we'll have good spiritual health. Matthew chapter 4, you might remember what's happening here. Jesus was in the wilderness. This is at the start of his ministry. Just got baptized, just got filled with the Spirit. And then he was tempted for 40 days. The enemy came at him, Adam, Adam, Adam. He resisted every time. In the middle of that, Matthew 4 and verse 4, it reads, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. By what? By every word that proceeds. Now, typically we'll use this principle to, to share the truth that God's word is to our faith what physical food is to the physical body. Right? I need to eat to maintain physical health. If I'm going to maintain any kind of spiritual health in my life, my faith is going to be strong. I must have a diet of God's word. Yeah, I mean, no, you can't. You can't once a week God's word, and you're, you can't once a week your relationship with God and be ready for the battle, for the attack, for the storm, for whatever happens in life. All kinds of funkiness. Is this is if this is all you get? If this is all you get in your week, Lord help you. Seriously, you better have a lot of friends with faith. Because you're going to be malnourished is what I'm saying. That's the point we often make. I don't want to, I almost try to illustrate and then I go off on the illustration. Um, but I want to draw your attention to this word every here. Every. Jesus is quoting the Old Testament verse that man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I should not be hand selecting and really dismissing some words in favor of other words. I have my favorites. And some of you, we all, I have favorite verses myself. That's their go-to verses. And there's others that I don't like as much. <laughs> right? But I shouldn't neglect them altogether. There's no doubt that on your plate, you may have a main course. You may have the, you know, the taco, the 
burrito, the steak, the whatever, and you got your side dishes or something like that. You may have the main thing, and there's no doubt that we should spend more time in our spiritual life, in our services on some subjects than we do on others. We are to major on the major, minor on the minors. Nevertheless, I don't want to leave everything out of that. Why would we do that? Again, some words are more pleasant than others. Some foods are more pleasant than others. Ice cream is more enjoyable to eat than other things. Right? I mean, really, than all other things. <laughs> Just illustrating. I'm not telling you what to eat. Remember, Daniel, Daniel went on that fast. He went on a three-week fast. But he didn't stop eating completely. The scripture said he just didn't eat any pleasant bread. He didn't eat any food he likes. There were no donuts in there. There was... <laughs> anyway, he ate food he didn't like, and that was a type of denying his flesh and, and fasting. Uh, and likewise, this is the way it works in scripture with the word. You know, the apostle Paul even said in Acts chapter 20 and verse 27, For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. He said, I'm giving you everything. I'm going to share with you everything I know. I'm going to give you the whole counsel, not just the parts that I know are going to almost guarantee that you come back and hear my next message. Because that really wouldn't be kind to people. That wouldn't be really walking in love if, if, a, if a preacher only gave things that, that people wanted to hear. I think there should be some of that. We recognize some of our own needs I know what I need to a degree. There's sometimes I don't know what I need, and I'm glad I showed up at the service and someone else took time to pray and hear from God and give me what I didn't know I needed. And sometimes I don't realize it until later. You know what? That isn't what I would have picked if I was choosing the topic today, but boy, I sure needed that. That is going to help me tremendously. Amen. Amen. And so uh, there's a temptation with both ministers like myself to in, in choosing subjects and in Christians in general, um, to only gravitate towards certain types of words. It's kind of like the, the, the words that get put into memes on social media. They're usually about how amazing you are, <laughs> and how God loves you, and how, you know, your life is wonderful, and you're the apple of His eye, and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and those things are true, and they're good, and I like them. But those are the kind of things that get shared. Oh, yeah. Oh, makes me feel warm. And those are wonderful. Well, that's not everything in Scripture. That's not everything. That's, that, that's, that's just part of it. There are, uh, there are other words that talk about, say, commitment and consecration. There are words that speak about laying your life down. Remember, Jesus talked about taking up your cross and following him. Yeah. Amen. He, he, he talked about counting the cost of, you know, of discipleship and, and so forth and, and loving him more than anyone else on the planet. And, and often those don't get in the memes because they don't give us goosebumps. Woo! Amen. You know, that verse when he told that, when Jesus uh, told that, that young rich ruler, go ahead and sell everything you have and come follow me. How many times does that get reposted? <laughs> Uh, Lord, please don't let that be me. Don't tell me to sell everything I have. I don't even want to meditate on that one very long. <laughs> Just in case he has. <laughs> but right at the same time, there are scriptures that deal with judgment. There are verses that deal with wrath. 
right? Those are in there too. I'm not saying I'm going to post those on my refrigerator. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm going to think of, meditate all day long. There are passages, there are subjects that, are, that carry more weight in our lives than they ought to. They ought to. We should give more attention and time to them. Nevertheless, the point is this. There are a lot of different subjects and different types of words. Consider for a moment if, if, if you were to attend church here and, you know, for a period of time, not just for a, a few months or something like that or even a year, but if you attend for a period of time and, uh, and you never heard certain vital truths. Here, don't get me wrong in this. I'm not going to go verse by verse from Genesis to Revelation. That's never going to happen. So in case you're thinking, I've never heard you preach on, you can probably find a few verses, all right, in this context especially. But what if you never heard, you went to church, you never heard anything about salvation or repentance or that a person needs to be saved? What if you, what if you went to church month after month after year after year and you never heard that? Would that be of concern? I think that would be of great concern. I think that's not going to produce a healthy house. People are going to be totally unbalanced. And unfortunately, that does happen in our world today. There are religious groups, and you're fine, and I'm fine, and you're good the way you are. There's no change discussed, no repentance discussed. It's just God loves everybody, and, and they're all lost. I know people who've been in church for many years. And then when you present the gospel to them, they say, I didn't know I needed to be saved. What's this born-again stuff? What's this give my life to? I just believe in God. That's not the same as salvation. We all, you know that. But that would be of concern if that, if that one part of the meal were left out. You know, I mean, you might think of a number of different subjects, but, you know, if, if nothing were ever said about healing, for example. You know, like the guy who told me uh, uh, years ago, I was riding on an airplane. And, uh, and we got into conversation. We were flying back to Boise from somewhere. And we started having a conversation. And he was a believer. He's a Christian. He started telling me about his church. And, uh, you know, sometimes people, people aren't asking. I don't necessarily tell them what I think about everything. If you ask, I'll tell you. If you don't, just love people. You know what I mean? I'm not here to correct people. But he starts telling me about his church and saying, yeah, my, my church is great. He said, in our church, we don't. He didn't know who I was or what I believe or anything like that. Just I'm a Christian. And he said, we don't get it. We don't mess with all that healing stuff. We just preach the gospel. <laughs> and you know what my brain's doing. My brain's going, you might want to look up gospel again. Because there is a whole bunch of stuff in the gospel that you are leaving out if you're saying, well, we don't mess with that, that stuff. Well, that's important to talk about. And, uh, of course, a great need in life. Uh, but if nothing were ever said about, you know, about giving or prosperity or those kind of things, you know, like the person who said, I really love that church because they don't talk about money. Okay. Can I give you some advice, though? You should run from that church. You, you mean they don't talk about money? Because you are leaving out a boatload of scriptures. And if you never learn how to serve God with your money involved, you know, not like, you know, we do baptisms and congratulations, by the way, all the baptizees. Uh, but, you know, if you, if you get baptized and you hold your wallet up, <laughs> you are, you are going to be in the spiritual nursery all of your days. It's true. 
Now listen, I know that some people are annoyed when I say that. Just don't, you know, it's like when you throw a rock, they say, I don't do this, but if you throw a rock into a pack of dogs, the only one that yelps is the one who got hit. Okay. And so, <laughs> I know sometimes when I say things that some people are moved a little bit in a negative way, but I have to say it anyway. Because it's not love. It's not giving the full counsel of God. It's not teaching every word. If we just say, let's not talk about that because people don't want to hear about someone, you know, and their money. Yes, they do. If you're saved, your spirit is reaching out for revelation knowledge concerning how God sees your money. And the good news is about it, it's, it's good news. I don't have a sad song to sing about that. Uh, But if you never heard about, you know, serving or laying down your life for someone else, uh, well, those would be big holes in your faith. Those would be big limitations to your spiritual advancement. We need to have all these types of things. And again, there's a temptation to only hear what you want to hear. There's a temptation in preachers to only give what they know they'll be applauded for. And... uh, My commitment is I want to bring the best of my ability to the whole counsel of God. What do we need to hear? And I don't mean in every message, but I mean over a period of time. Amen. Amen. Well, there are words that build up. There are words that direct. There are words that correct. And uh, again, each Sunday doesn't need to have all of them. But over time, we need these things to be healthy. You might be familiar with John. This is one of the great verses that... uh, the words of Jesus, John thirteen thirty five. Uh, Jesus said, By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Love for one another. Now, how many know love for one another is different from love for the world? He didn't say, All the world will know that you're my disciples because you love them. He said, All the world will know that you are my disciples because you love each other. God's design for a healthy house a healthy church is that we have such good relationships with one another that we are the envy of the world that people are living their lives they're being stabbed in the back they're being run over they're being beat up there's betrayal there's all kinds of uh, negative things happening in life and we know that's true but there's something about when you get around the body of christ they forgive you they love you. They'll, they, they'll, have, they'll be merciful. If you mess up, they don't gossip on you, right? They, it's just a, they treat, they give to you. You go in there, they might give you a car or something, right? And uh, it, it's just such a generous house. They love each other. That's attractive. That is attractive. I don't mean that we don't love people who, who are not yet in the kingdom of God. Of course we do. But it is our love for each other. It's the family thing that makes this work. Amen. But understand that that the way we treat one another, this is not just about mush either. We love and accept everybody and every behavior and every activity completely the way it is. Oh, no, no, no. There are some things we don't like. And because we love you, we'll tell you. If we didn't love you, we'd keep quiet because you might be offended if we tell you. We have to run that risk. I have to run the risk if I want to teach on you know, finances or something like that. I have to run the risk that someone's going to go, there they are again, asking for money. And someone will lie about us because we've never asked anyone for money, but they'll lie about you. But I have to run the risk because spiritual growth is on the other side of it. 
a friend of friend of mine, pastor friend, was telling me recently that uh, they were, you know, doing ch- church services on Sundays and and during worship. He said there was this this new person that came to church, and they would they would start it off in the back, and during praise and worship, they would you know they started they were quite uh, demonstrative in their worship, which I'm totally okay with. There's different moves of the Spirit. There's a time and a place to do certain things. But they would be dancing in the back, and then they'd make their way up the aisle, and they'd be dancing a little bit closer. It was only a matter of time, just a, few, just a little bit, and they wanted to be up in the front where everyone could see them. And it wasn't like, hey, this is a great move of God. Everyone's out celebrating and rejoicing. Everyone's going... You know, it's more of a distraction, more of a attention drawing thing and so they talked to the person and said why don't you just do that in the back you want to you want to worship that way where it's so demonstrative so out of the norm of everyone else in the house why don't you just do that in the back and they said oh okay and then they went and found a new church because that's when you're feeling that's when you feel led to leave right <laughs> when someone tells you something you don't like if, so, if, so, if someone says, I think you ought to do it different, that's when the Spirit would totally lead you to go somewhere else. Because He would never want you to hear something that contradicted the way you already thought. Yeah, right. Say amen if you can. If you can't, say, oh me. Amen. But there's a balance in things. There's, a, there, there's two sides. We want to be a house of love. We also want to be bold as a lion. You know, unmovable and yet flexible. I'm going to stand on the word of God and no devil in hell can knock me off. Yet flexible in my relationships with others and how I, how I am gracious and merciful towards others. You know, in the early church, it was noted about them that they had great boldness. Even though some of those disciples were, were not, uh, you know, formerly educated, they had great boldness. They took recognition. These guys have been with Jesus. And we want that about it. I don't want it to be said about this house. I don't think it's healthy if someone said, yeah, those people don't have much conviction there. <laughs> you know, they kind of push overs. And uh, it should be that they're the most generous people. They're the most loving people. And yet they're also solid on the word. They stand and they will not compromise with the winds of change in our society. They're staying with the eternal word. Praise God. Everybody okay so far? All right, go to Second Timothy if you would. See, there are, there are two sides to things. We, the scripture says we should love God and hate sin or hate iniquity. Do we need both of those? My favorite section over here. Do we, do we, do we need... See, what if we were just known for hating sin? I don't think this would be a place that would just... It would, something would be unhealthy about that. We're just against stuff. No, we love God. But what if we never had the inclusion of that part where we love, but we, we love God, but we also hate what he hates? See, if we didn't have that as a part, something would be out of whack. And when those things come together, it's a healthy house. So does that mean sometime we have to hear messages about loving God? Yeah. Does that mean sometimes we have to hear messages about hating sin? Yeah, otherwise we don't, in, we don't intrinsically just get that. Amen. You know, there's a heaven and there's hell. It's unpopular to talk about hell. Heaven is popular, I think. I want to hear about heaven. I'm signing up for the heaven class before I sign up for the hell class. (laughs) For sure. 
But at the same time, if we never talk about it, well, what are we doing with Jesus? He's the Savior, and he talked about it. What, 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 if we, what if we never mention the others? I don't think that's even nice to not warn people. We talk about, oh, there's heaven. You know, we're all going. No, that's, I think all the dogs are going, but <laughs> no, that's a, that's a, but all the people aren't. That's a re- Jesus died for a reason. To save us from sin, to forgive us and give us life. And if you reject that, yeah, we have bad news. I don't want to talk about it all the time. I don't want to make it the central focus. I don't want to put it on the sign, necessarily. You know, heaven, yes, hell, no. (laughs) But maybe that would work. I don't know. Maybe you'd get attention. But, the, but we, if we're going to be healthy Christian, healthy house, we need to be aware of eternity. I want to know God. I want to know about his plan for me. I want to know about eternity. I want to know about all these different elements. Amen. I know a lot of times individuals want to label churches and they want to label groups with certain, certain you know, statements like, what kind of church are you? People have asked me that. And it's a valid question. I don't uh, despise the question. What kind of church is Life Church? Are you a, and then fill in the blank. And usually it's hard to answer that, you know, because they'll put a label on it, and I don't know what they mean by it. Are you a faith church? I think so. What, do you, what does that mean to you? <laughs> you know, are you a Pentecostal church? You tell me. You define the word, and I'll tell you if we is that. You know, are you a grace church? Are you a prophetic church? Are you a, you know, whatever? And and they want to, people have a a definition in mind because they Googled the word. Such and such churches. And some stuff came up. Are you one of those? How about we just be a word of, I mean, all the above. We're a word, 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 word of God church. We're a Holy Spirit church. We're a faith church. We prophesy. You know, we believe in God's blessing. Just a whole gamut of what the new covenant is, is that's what we are. And sometimes that's hard to just put a label on. But that's what I want to be. Did you find 2 Timothy? Chapter 3. Well, I'm running out of time, so let's go fast. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Are you a timed church? <laughs> Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Look, look what it says here. All Scripture, everybody say all scripture, all scripture, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Profitable, it's beneficial to us. It helps us. It's not going to take away from us. It's not going to make our life worse. It's going to make our life better. What's it good for? For doctrine. For reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly furnished or equipped for every good work. All right. If we want to be complete, thoroughly furnished, totally prepared, totally equipped for everything God wants us to do, then we should be looking for, quote, all scripture. Yeah. If we receive it, it will work these four things in us. All right? Notice what it's good for. I need this. It's helpful. It's profitable if I have doctrine. 
So what do you, what do we get in church? One thing, I know it sounds like a religious word or some kind of hard line thing, but doctrine is a biblical thing. It's think of it like a systematic approach to, to right thinking, to seeing things the way that they really are. Um, it's a belief system. But we simply sometimes need to spend time talking about how should we view life? How should we view eternity? How should we view God and our relationship with Him? What does all Scripture have to say about um, these different subjects? We need doctrine. If I say it out loud, say, I need doctrine. It's helpful. It's profitable for my life. Second, it says, it says the Word of God will bring reproof. Reproof. Do you need reproof? You say, I don't know. I don't know what reproof means. <laughs> well, uh, some, it, it, it can be conviction. Do you need conviction? I mean, it's a good thing. You tell, tell me a person that has no conviction. You know, they're never moved by, Lord, by the Lord. Now, don't get, don't get that confused with condemnation. We're not here to beat up on anyone. The Lord doesn't want to condemn anyone, right? But conviction, oh, yeah. Oh, needed. The Word of God will bring conviction to you. Uh, this doesn't really sound fun, but the New International Version, you know, NIV, it translates that word rebuking. The Word of God is profitable for a good old-fashioned rebuke. <laughs> so what would you get at church today? <laughs> Slapped. <laughs> Spiritually, I got knocked around. I, I got, well... Listen, if we don't need it, we don't need it. But if there are times when we do, shouldn't we be thankful for it? Because it's done for the purpose of being profitable to us. I'm better off. If I'm going the wrong way, thinking the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing, and someone has the boldness, the audacity to say to me in the name of Jesus, quit it, (laughs) I should give that person a hug. You know, it's like... Thank you for being obedient and used of God to tell me straight, to shoot me straight about this. I don't want that every day. And if every time you came to church, it was back, back, back. (laughs) I don't think that would, I think we'd probably be out of balance. But this is what some of the word of God will do do for us. It will help us in this. The next word is it says correction. The word will bring us correction. This is something we all want. Totally profitable. Correction means I'm leaning and I get put back up straight. It means I'm driving off the road and I need to make a correction to stay in my lane. How many know correction is hugely valuable to all of us? We need to be restored to an upright position. Correction. And then the fourth thing he said is instruction in righteousness. Oh, that's good. One of the main things we need is instruction in righteousness. You know what that looks like for a Christian. That means we're going to teach you who you are in Christ. Teach you your standing, that you are accepted and loved, that you are in the family, that you are considered righteous by God himself. Instead of what many times people hear, all their Christian life, oh, you're an old sinner saved by grace. I thought he changed me. No, no, you're still a mess. I thought he forgave me. I thought I was a new creation in Christ. No, you're still an old rascal. But keep trying. See, that's not instruction in righteousness. That's instruction in sinfulness. Instruction in unrighteousness. The Word of God 
This is what we're to get out of it. And then, of course, the other side is, is teaching us how to live that out. It's the right way of living. It's the right way of doing things. These are parts of who we are and what we need. Man, we could tempt, speak, spend a lot of time on these. But uh, Jesus, remember, they brought that woman caught in adultery. And he, he said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. All right? That's instruction in righteousness. There's no condemnation. But it's also instruction on where to go. I need to know who I am in Christ and then how to live that out. I read from Romans 8 that I am in the Spirit, but I also need to walk in the Spirit. Both sides of all this. Romans 11 tells us that we should behold the goodness and severity of God. So and we, and obviously we gravitate towards goodness because that's what drew us to repentance. God is a good, good God and I'm going to spend most of my time on that. But should I know this truth about God, that he's severe? That he's an extremist, if you will? If you can say heaven and hell, you know he's extreme. Extremely wonderful and extremely horrible are the two opposites. In, in, not that he's horrible, but you know what that place is. And, uh, and so I want to I have all this. If you look down a few verses, few, few verse, 2 Timothy 4 and verse, verse 2, he writes, he says, tells Timothy, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. See, this is what you need to do to your church, Timothy. Pastor Tim, what should you do? You should preach the word and convince people and rebuke them. Oh, they don't want to hear that, Paul. The offering goes way down when we rebuke. <laughs> The other churches around us grow when I start rebuking. <laughs> and they're with our people. And Well, that's what the scripture said, though. He said, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teach them. So this is not done in a mean-spirited way. It's with patience. And it's with teaching. So don't think of all this rebuke as like always, you know, hard. But it's, this is the way things really are. It's just laying things out clear and plain. And uh, I think sometimes about how individuals will respond to a doctor's uh, prescription. You know, they went to an appointment and the doctor said, okay, here's the condition. I want you to take this medicine. You know, I want you to get this amount of sleep. I want you to stay off this leg. I want you to change your diet and begin to eat this way. And, and people will heed these words as if the doctor was God himself. Well, I can't do that. Why not? The doctor said. And so people will change their entire lifestyle, their behavior, what they do based on the doctor said. I'm not telling you that that's necessarily wrong. Don't get, that, don't get my, that, that out of my message. But you know that's just a human being. You know they don't know everything. You know sometimes they get it wrong. Not intentionally. They're, they're trying to do good things. But sometimes they get it wrong, and yet we hold it sometimes in such high esteem. This is what the doctor said. And it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'll get you. I'm not going to tell you to not do that. But you used too much boldness when you said that. It was almost like Doc and God were the same thing. Because they don't use that kind of confidence, boldness, commitment, and life-altering decisions when it comes to God said. Especially when it came out of the pastor's mouth. 
well, the doctor said, and then the pastor said, and the doctor said, and immediately things change, and people do different things, but the pastor said, and it's like, oh, yeah, that was pretty good, I guess. I guess that was fine. I don't know if I agree with all that, but and li- listen, <laughs> I know we're dealing with fallible human beings on both sides of this equation, but if, for example, a pastor is teaching the Word of God, and we don't have a, I'm doing this because the Word of God said, or the pastor said, and this was the verse, and this was the, the, the revelation, then what are we thinking that we're going to be spiritually healthy? We do the other to be physically healthy, to make right decisions, but people leave spiritual advice, sometimes commandments, sometimes spiritual directives, off the table. I'll do that if I want, and maybe I won't. And people go month after month after month, and they were given a prescription, and they still haven't taken it. <laughs> Hallelujah. think I'm done. <laughs> the word exhort here, Paul told Timothy, exhort the people. Exhort them. It's, it's a, it means it's a calling near. It's, I think of it in this way, the word, when exhorting as opposed to teaching or something. It's like a stirring to action. It's a calling to do something. He said exhort them. Exhort them to do, to act, to move on this. Take the pill, man. <laughs> Change the way you do this. Do, Because only then do we experience the change that we need. We don't need to just be informed in this house. We need to be moved to action. So I want you to consider, and I know this is hard for me to say, but I'm in the position and God put me here, so there. I want want you to consider, listen, what the pastor said. Amen. Amen. If I say something that disagrees with Scripture, you go with, Scott. You go with God every time. We all, that's a kind of an understood subject. Not setting myself up as infallible. But I tell you, there are many, many times the Spirit of the Lord is on me. He has given me a word, given me a message, given me a directive. And it doesn't get acted on. It just gets assimilated into our thoughts. Hallelujah. Start the car. I am out of here. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>